Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, oh, I'm excited for this one. I finally get to talk uh, to somebody that I've been desperate to get on the podcast, probably from back when I originally heard him on Pips, um, back when I first saw Murder in Successville. Uh, I've then gone on to be a you know a big fan of of, of all of today's guesswork uh, through King Gary. I've been lucky to see a couple of episodes in advance of the curse coming out. Um, I think by the time this episode comes out, um, you've probably all watched it anyway. Uh, today's guest is Tom Davis. Um, what an absolute superstar he was. We got on really well uh, on this this chat, and uh, and we have a right laugh and. And as if you're listeners to the Wolf and Owl, then you know that Tom can can really get on the level and say some really really beautiful things. And uh, and there's moments of that in this chat as well. So a few thank yous, um, big thanks to James for facilitating that. Thanks to my homie Scroobius Pip and all my brothers and sisters at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to Seventy Six for producing this podcast. If it's your first time listening uh, and you've not checked out the back catalogue, then once you've finished listening to my chat with Tom today, if you like your comedians, go and um, have a rummage in the archives. You can hear me talking to Ed Gamble, uh, James Acaster, Rich Wilson, uh, Jade Adams. Oh, God, they're stacks. And if you like music, Foo Fighters, Fatboy Slim... Oh, the list is, goes on and on and on and on and on. So I'm not going to keep rattling them off. So just go, go and have a rummage. Go and have a rummage and see what you can come up with because there's there's some crackers out there to be enjoyed. Let's get on with today's show. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Tom Davis. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, 
in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Right, we are recording. Joined today, Tom Davis. How you doing, mate? Very well, sir. Very, very, very well. Um, I don't know, was it? Yeah, very well. Good, good, my Jay. Very good to see you. Lovely. Oh, you've got a hell of a, uh, a backdrop there. Oh, do you know what, mate? Like, everyone comments on this, right? And a lot of people say it looks like some kind of comedy club from the 90s in America. <laughs> uh, and it makes you think that, like, this is some kind of, like, hipster open brickwork. This was two ninety nine yeah. a row at the range, mate. It's, uh, oh, really? Yeah. You can't beat the range, right? Once you, once you settle uh, down and you, you, you know, the, the range is a hell of a... Oh, we've got all of our Christmas decorations for the range. Shout out the range. <laughs> it's just me little garden bar. So, like, I'll try not oh, wow. to, in the mornings, show that. Because if you're having a chat with someone and you've got a rat yeah, experience yeah. above you at half eight in the morning... It poses, where are you based? If you're, Essex. If you're Essex, right, just, whereabouts? Just by Lakeside, a place called Grey's. Oh, no, no, Grey's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We film King Gary just at the rest. So, yeah, we do a Chigwell in the world. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's no, not the most glamorous well, yeah. place on the on, on the planet, Grace, mate. But uh, <laughs> it's home, mate. <laughs> right, well, look. Before we get on to uh, your playlist, I've not had your songs up front. I know you've been busy. I see you had the uh, the screening last night. Shout yeah. out to that jacket you had on, mate. That looked tasty, oh, thank you. mate. Um, thank you. And uh, firstly, congrats on becoming a dad recently. Yes, man. What? What? Yeah, an incredible thing, brother. Like, yeah, genuinely. It's a weird thing because just before coming, on the lead up to becoming a father, it's, it's everyone sort of seems to have these horror stories. And I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm seven weeks in at the moment. And uh, oh, man, it's just a dream. I love it. I love every aspect of it. You know, I, I was working last week and I was filming and doing insane days, like really long, you know, and that's the, the nature of the beast with this game. And, you know, it's it's um, it's an incredible project. So you don't put like literally getting home and having like, three four hours before i had to sort of almost get back on it and spend those three four hours just with her just feeding her and uh man it's um yeah it, it, like every part of it i just love you, you can sort of weirdly as well you're like the lack of sleep thing you're like a bit like oh actually i've never ever needed that much sleep anyway it's sort of like <laughs> i seem to be functioning at the moment i mean you know, shout out two years in, in down the line and you see me and i was a sort of nub of myself <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 she's a little dream. She's, she's, yeah, it's just an amazing thing. Oh, wonderful, mate. That's wonderful. Well, before I get on to your, your playlist, let, let's talk about The Curse. Um, I've been yeah. lucky to watch a couple of episodes. Oh, read them. It's banging, man. And like, oh, thank you. As, thank as you. a kid of the 80s, the attention to detail as well. Yeah. So yeah. good. And the music. The music's banging yeah, yeah, we as were, well. We, we, we were blessed across the, um, just across everything, really. Just, you know, it's very easy when you... Um, when you make any kind of film or television show just to sort of uh you know this sort of just to see like the people in it and and just like you know sort of the people on show almost but actually something like this is, is really put together by incredible people behind the scenes um so shout out to sort of Anna Sheldrake um I oh, know Anna oh, oh <laughs> Anna yeah. Sheldrake is yeah. uh Anna Sheldrake is as much as well as much of the curse as any one of us who's who's written it or is in it yeah. Anna Sheldrake is I mean, she's she's been with us for a while now, and I'm on various projects, and we're blessed to have her. She's she's, you know, every bit 
yeah, as talented as anyone I've ever worked with in this industry. She's phenomenal. And, and it, it like, so her and Lindsay Moore and, you know, the attention to detail um, and the eye for, for these things, it, it's just from like, you know, it's, I've been fortunate to work on stuff with bigger budgets and, and for, for someone like, you know, for Anna to come in, her eye to detail, but having to do that within sometimes quite restricted circumstance is, is just like, yeah, it, it's another, another level. And, and, when you sit and watch this, when I sit and watch the show, it's it's you know, it, it's probably the thing I've you know I'm, I'm so proud of it as as being a part of like this ensemble of working class lads who've put this thing together. But then you know that sort of pushes out really to Anna and Lindsay uh, to the sound guy. It was a real like I don't know, it was like an army of the working classes that were going went up to Liverpool to make this show, and we've all come and we had this, the screening last night, and I hope it made a lot of people proud who worked on it because I'm I'm proud of each and every one of them and. I'm, honoured to and humble to be a part of it how did the relationship with uh super hugo and, and steve's come about so it was like murder successful and people just nothing was sort of coming up at the same sort of time really we were and we we're at an event and um me and super just got chatting and we're from around the corner from each other he's from uh chisington i'm sort of from sutton way so we were not far, but also we were just like one of those sort of events where everyone else sort of seemed to sort of know each other and they'd sort of been to uni or they'd sort of come up together and, and me and him were sort of quite quickly sort of you're out a bit of an outsider type thing. And uh, and then we sort of just struck up a bit of a you know, chat and a, a friendship started to evolve from there with all the boys really. And then, and then we just all wanted to do something. And, and it was a weird one because every time we went to events or award ceremonies, we'd all sort of congregate and me and James would sort of seek them out and, and with sort of Daisy and Charlie and whoever else, it was sort of uh, sort of a bit of a group of us that would... And we, yeah, we just all wanted to... I'd, I'd worked with Steve on a thing that he'd written. I'd done a short film with Sipa. Um, Hugo's, I just love, I think Hugo's one of the most talented people in, in the industry. I think Hugo's phenomenal. Oh, they all are. And, and so Hugo lives around a corner and, you know, we, we you know, a couple of times been out for dinners with our wife. So, what, so they, they were mates, but... I'm, I won't break bones. I, 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 if you give, mate, if I've been a, had had to sort of give you one group of people, I, I'd have wanted to make a television show with. It would have been them. I think people just do nothing was groundbreaking. I think it, you know, it, it, it sort of it was so perfectly put together. I think they're all so talented. I think the um and to sort of so to to work alongside them was a real dream, man. It was and they, you know, it, it can be really easy to sort of. You know, because of the way we are, me and James, we've known each other since we were 14 and, and, and it could be really easy to look at stuff and, and look at the way we all are because we all mess about and we all have a laugh. But um, their dedication and, and, and their uh, how seriously they take the, this craft that we do, the writing, from the writing to the acting, to, the, to every little piece of it is is something to behold, you know. Um, so, yeah, mate, it was, it, it's been a really amazing journey and, and, and I think, I hope that... Uh, it's been four years making this, really. I, I, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm really, really proud of what what we've made, and, and uh, yeah, I hope we can do more because they're, they're a joy to be around. We spent nearly all lockdown together on yeah. Zooms, just just writing this thing, and then had to rewrite loads of it. And it was always just, uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of. It felt like just, yeah. It's. I think it kept most of us sane. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, Tom, let's start your playlist. And yes. I'm going to ask you, mate, to tell me, please, the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro. Uh, it's a quite an easy one. This. I thought Barbara O'Reilly, but um, I think it's just, 
whatever that, it sort of throws me back really to being on the sites and having a radio on and just that kick into the sort because actually, and this is nothing against the rest of the song, it's sort of um, the fir- the intro to it and the first bit of it is incredible. And then it sort of knows that a little well, bit. Well, it kind of uh, goes a bit like fiddly diddly and wigs yes. out at the end. I ain't a fan yeah. of that bit either, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> why didn't you just keep the same thing from the top and keep that <laughs> yeah. at that level? Um, but it's sort of, I, um, yeah, I, I always. Look, yeah, the score was going back to the curse. The score of the curse was was put together by, you know, James is a real with um, he's uh, like a real sort of um, uh, loves his music, and we had like incredible people behind the scenes who were sort of finding these. And but then you know Hugo, Steve, Seeper, they're all like you know they know that they know and love their music. Yeah. Uh, I at times sort of felt like you know I, I turned around to what about Pavarotti? <laughs> they're like no, they'd have something obscure track from sort of like somewhere that and something we've never heard of but um yeah for me it sort of incites quite a few memories inside you know that it's it's a big thing when you work on a building site and the radio becomes such an outlet of like sort of it becomes everything that your day revolves around you know who you're listening to what you know you could sort of you could spend a bit of time working with the old boys who've got magic on and you're all singing around but um yeah Barbara Riley just uh yeah, it just takes me back to that, and I, yeah, I always every, everything I ever do, whenever I'm writing it, I always think of the way that I, it's never made it into anything yet. But um, yeah, it's something that uh, yeah, I'd love to sort of, I'd love to get into something. We touched on the UFC before I started uh, recording this. Have you ever seen what the UFC do with Barbara O'Reilly? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen bits. Of it. it's, it's, but it's got that, it's got that vibe to it. If you're a fighter or if you've got any sort of like it, it straight away pushes you it pushes something out of you that yeah. just like and, and that look music and it's music just is for me it's like i have so much admiration and, and it's like i adore anyone who can sing or anyone can play an instrument and do it because actually just you know i have one skill set and that's to make people laugh and hopefully every now and then i might be able to sprinkle set but but the emotive to raise your like fucking endorphins and just go out and like you know, just feel like, you know, as a stand-up, one of the biggest things was always like, what do you listen to before? What What's the thing that gets you pumped up and ready to go and, you know, ready to go to war? And I think it's, yeah, man, it's amazing. It's an incredible thing. And that, and that just, that piece of music, I just think encapsulates what the beginning of any song should sound like. Yeah, it's a monster, isn't it? It's a proper call to arms, isn't it, when that drops? Oh, like, man. Yeah, Mate. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it would. Yeah, if you were in the trenches and you, you were looking around and it, it, everyone looked a bit uninspired, like they didn't actually want to go toe to toe with the enemy, you'd go, oh, no. yeah, yeah. Go and get the speakers. Oh. Like you've got no Wi Fi, you haven't downloaded it onto your phone. Right. I'm going to take you back, Tom, and for track two, can you tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please? It's a, it's a really like this is such a hard one, right? Because, it, and I'll, I'll get to him later. But Springsteen sort of it was like Springsteen was was everything in my house. And I'm gonna, but I'll come back to because there's another right. But Springsteen was everything that I sort of we just it was playing all the time in our house. My mum was obsessed with him, like you know, just loved Springsteen and and yeah. Uh, so that weird is such a. I remember getting. Um, uh, the Weetabix album, saving up tokens for the Weetabix album. Was that the and, little Weetabix uh, characters? Yeah, no, yeah. And you used to send, you used to get the Weetabix the coupons, and you'd save up enough, and then they'd say, send you a tape. Right? It was like an out, like a right. tape with songs on, like that were sort of big in the charts a few years before. But I just remember coming Eileen 
and just like constantly just rewinding that. It was the only song that I liked on that. And and just again, just to sort of like it's it's a weird thing of like emotionally. Like I th- I, could, I I think of like things like the river or born to run and all these things must have had like an impact because they were, you know, every time we went on a family trip or we went anywhere in the car or they were, I did, but whenever I think of being a kid and any song that emotionally, I just felt like, wow, like that, that was my own. And that, that was a, the first time that I sort of had a cassette player and I was able almost to, to sort of have my own bit of like something that wasn't Bruce Springsteen or wasn't something else, you know, Eric Clapton or whatever. It was weirdly that and come on Eileen just sort of, yeah, I remember it was the only, you know, back then with cereal boxes, you could save up and say, but no one ever did. It yeah. was so, you know, it was so hard to get through that many Weetabix. <laughs> um, you had to really push the old family. To <laughs> go, oh, yeah, we're all doing this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I was one kid, a lone soldier. It was a hard thing. So, um, yeah, that, that it, it, I remember just the joy of listening to that song and dancing and knowing all the words to it. And uh, So what was yeah. it, if you had to pinpoint emotion, what would it have been? I think happiness, just pure happiness of listening to it. I think when it, when it, the hook of that comes up, um, and it's just yeah. I, again, I just love, I love songs that look. I, I, you know, and getting into that later, it's sort of. But I do love a song that can just bring you up. I think when I go back as well, and I think about working on, working like from the age of sort of fifteen, sixteen, and like thinking about songs that would always inspire sort of, you know, and, and we, we, you know, we talk a lot now about mental health. It's such a big thing. And it's like, you know, but when you come from an environment like that, you don't necessarily all, or you, it wasn't a, a conversation we were having. Yeah. You're having it now. But when I look at songs, silly, like Bubba O'Reilly or, or Come On Eileen, like the respite of something that would come on and, and, and make you happy. And, and I think from the moment I first ever heard that song, that's the first one I can think of where I'm like, as silly as it seems, I was like, Joy would come across yeah. me, you know, and it was just a sort of, yeah. Um, so with emotion, it's like, I think, like I say, Springsteen would have been someone that, like, everything I know and I've, I know about writing and everything I know about storytelling and everything I know about almost character can come from Bruce Springsteen. I mean, yeah. like, he's, I think um, he's, he's just, he, like, even now, like, when I write, that's pretty much what I have on. I sort of, I'll go through his back catalogue, but, to ask about a song that, yeah, come on, Arlene, that she's been <laughs> and, it, and it's weird, though, Tom, because, like, it kind of gets thrown into the, the wedding songs now. Do yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? But if, yeah. like, but if you stop, and, even, you know, if you want to be all sort of muso-wanker about it and you, you actually listen to it, you just think, it's a fucking incredible record. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like, it goes song. all over the place. And yeah, it's yeah. full of hooks. Every single bit yeah, is yeah. like a standalone chorus in its own right. It's like an absolute... Banger of a record, but also there's a weird snobbery in there towards saying like a wedding song, yeah, right. And and when you ask about emotion, right, and uh, you, you you ask about what it's it, this is the thing I think with music, it's really easy to sort of like like look at something and go, yeah, I'm I love Adele, I think she's phenomenal. You know, I, I love a song that can make you fucking break your heart. You listen to it and you feel like, yeah. And I'm not saying I'm not for any minute saying that's easy, but. For me, it's harder to fucking think for, what, 40 years, whatever it's been, 30, 40 years. Every time that song comes on, I'm not saying that you're fucking going to get a handful of people going to go on a dance floor. And again, there's another song coming on. Like, like for me, Dexy's Midnight Runner, that, that song coming Eileen comes on, everyone's fucking dancing. Yeah, it's like, and, and to be doing that for generation upon generation, that's something incredible. Like, we're all creatives. We're all, you know, here, and, and that's what, in our conversation we're having here, if your legacy in life was to someone turn around and go, what what do you want to leave upon you know making records? And you're like, well, every time someone gets married, my song plays, yeah. and everyone gets on a dance floor and dances. Yeah. I'll be all right at that. I'll go. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Track three, Tom. The song reminds you of your time at school, please, mate. Uh, I'm gonna go, and I'll, you're a friend of Romesh, and he'll rinse me for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lardy Dardy, Snoop Dogg. Nice. Um, nice. Um, uh, I went on his, I went on the hip hop, uh, um, his hip hop uh, podcast and got, got it torn out of me because I'm not, yeah, I like my hip hop, but I'm not as, I didn't realize how much Rom knew about hip hop at that point in, mm. our, in our lives. But um, Doggy Style was a massive thing. And like weirdly, in, in the school I was at, there's a real small collective of us, uh, of us that were sort of into that music. Where and was that, that Tom? Uh, that was in Sutton. So yeah, just outside. Yeah. And it was, um, so that, 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 that album, but that song specifically was the sort of song that it was the first song. I think I can remember knowing nearly all the lyrics to, and, yeah. and sort of like, it just felt, I don't know. I felt it like that sort of at that time, it felt so like iconic and it was sort of, and it was like a weird time of being able to like be into something that wasn't, massively like accessible you weren't like it's it's so hard now when you talk about stories and you talk to young people and you're like even you know even sometimes when you recollect with people of your own age but life has moved on so significantly and it's like even sort of like you know things like hmv were sort of just coming on the scene at that time it wasn't like you know so to find these sort of things where you're sort of like you know you find a niche or something that you liked it was yeah it was sort of the first time i suppose you're breaking away not just from like your friends and your sort of your groups of you know your, your social groups of school, but also you're finding a little bit out about yourself from from your parents and that little bit of independence comes. So I think um, yeah, I sort of still now it, it will be something that I sort of sometimes 
just like will mutter to myself if I'm <laughs> if I'm knocking around the house and uh, or anything. I still think it's a hell of a tune. And uh, yeah, I mean, man, the guy's fucking a legend, right? He's the only Absolutely. he's the only person who's made an advert that's pay, played for the last fucking two years where we've all been <laughs> locked out, houses, remotely pal- palatable. <laughs> that's a, does any look at it? Like, <laughs> what a fucking incredible fucking artist he is, and what a, you know, it's still like. Yeah, you know, I think even six months into lockdown, my wife was going, "Oh, the Snoop Dogg advert's on again!" And I'm coming from the kitchen, <laughs> just in case it'd be the last time you'd ever see it. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, amazing! How was how was school? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, man, I did. I I, I wasn't like I was. I was sort of one of those kids where I just sort of floated around a bit. I didn't really sort of ever find my play. I always got on with everyone. I was like. But I sort of didn't, never really found my place. I was dyslexic, I had ADHD, and I, I was never really sort of like known at the time. So I wasn't sort of, I was just sort of a bit, just a bit of a sort of lovable idiot, I guess. I remember it's a weird thing because sort of you, you go back and you sort of, especially having a kid, you know, you're sort of like now it's sort of like, and, and, and I've gone back and done work actually sort of not far from you, but like with schools and kids who are trying to get into sort of like, you know, this from disadvantaged backgrounds or whatever, trying to get into the industry that we're in now. And uh, it, it's a real fact, it's a real weird thing because like every time GCSEs come around, Pete, there's always someone who cracks a joke and says, like, oh yeah, I didn't do any GCSEs, but it's just where I am. And there's a part of me that thinks like, fuck man, like, you know, 20 years of my life was just doing something I really didn't like doing. And, and like, you know, I was, I'm very fortunate to do something I adore and I love doing now, but I, um, you know, you, I, I'd sort of, yeah, that thing of getting an education so, so important. And, and I think, it, you know, we've come a long way with like ADHD and, and dyslexia and a lot of these sort of things that sort of like is recognised and at the time, but, you know, you go back and I remember saying to a teacher that I wanted to sort of be a comedian and she was like, you don't get paid for for jokes for being stupid you know what I mean and it's sort of it was almost there you sort of you have a thing that and I think I know a lot of people I think even almost at the age of sort of like starting secondary school like life and the world's almost given up on them a bit and I think it took me a long time to find the armor and the sort of skill set to sort of and I didn't learn that at school I learned that on building sites and I learned that from you know incredible parents and I learned that from you know people that I was around and and you know you have your ups and downs but I think to, if I could go back I, I think there's things that sometimes I wish I'd, I'd applied myself a little bit more to and, and I'd probably I've been given more of a chance at school but I'd also I'd have probably given school a bit more of a chance. Was comedy something that you wanted to do then at an early age? Yeah but it's even man even of course like, comedy was a massive part of like everything in my house from dad's army to fools and horses. It was like, you know, we'd have stand up Tommy Cooper and whatever. And, uh, Billy Connolly was always playing. It was like, it was comedy was a big part of growing up. My, my parents are like real. And my grandfather was a real comedy geek, you know, they like loved comedy. So it was like, um, it was a fun house and storytelling was always a massive part of that, but it, it felt, it felt a lot a long way from where I was. And that like not that felt a long way, if I'm gonna be honest, that felt a long way when I started stand-up to get to where I am now. You know, it, it's like it it's changed it's changed. And I think I think that, you know, I actually think that, you know, we talked about Scroob earlier and, and people who I think, you know, and I've known Scroob since I start, I've known him a long time. I've known him since the first series of Murder and Success, he was one of the first people who ever like picked up and, and did I think I did like three bits of press and one of them was a thing with him um and I think 
people now like being in control of their own destiny and their own being able to make podcasts or being able to, yeah. to, to make stuff on YouTube or, you know, you think like now someone like Chunks, who's like made himself a brand, you know, it's a phenomenal thing. If you rewind 12 years, there wasn't those that, yeah. And stand up was pretty much the only, the only place that you, you could probably sort of make that sort of like way in, even like acting. You think like, you know, I think you probably had Bob and you had Ray. I think like you didn't have a lot of like people who are really breaking through at that time who had felt really that yeah well I think the the thing that I'd, I'd look at is that Mickey Flanagan I remember seeing Mickey Flanagan years and years I'm talking a long time ago at Bethnal Green um uh, uh the the comedy club there I can't remember the name's going out in my head was that Leo uh, the backyard the backyard yeah the right. backyard club and I remember seeing him right and thinking he's probably the funniest person I've ever seen in my life like genuinely and then just like following Mickey a bit like a bit like a because I just was just I just thought everything he said was brilliant. I thought he was, and I think still is, like a really fucking positive role model for any working class young man, in, you know, woman, whatever, but young man in this country to say that this is what you can get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. Life isn't over once you left school or college. Go and do this and go and do that. And I think it's what Mickey encapsulates is, yeah, he's hilarious. He's fucking one of the most deaf comedy writers in the world. But for me, it was inspiring. I, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for, for watching Mickey at that point. But you, to... to put that into context is like Mickey was still struggling to become mainstream at that point. Yeah. There was something that broke and saying that happened, but Mickey was already better than nearly anyone I'd seen ever on TV at that point. And like, don't get me wrong, it takes time, but I think, I think it's changed now. And I think, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it was, it, 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 yeah, I still, I still suffer with that imposter syndrome. I still have yeah. a sort of way where I sort of like, you know, it's sort of still constantly trying to prove yourself. Do you, think that, do you think a lot of that's being working class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it's you know, it's it's not having an education. It's not like I sometimes work with actors who are so you know, I'm fortunate. I've worked with so many brilliant people, but I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't get audi- I don't get auditions. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I, I struggle with uh, the confidence to go in front of like confidence in stand up isn't really bother me. Confidence of going into a room and because I've never learned. I've never, I never, I've never had an acting lesson. I've never had a I've never sat with someone and going, this is how you behave in an audition. So that sort of, that, there's an element that's, that, of that that's working class. There's also an element of like, that's just what the makeup of you is. And, and there's a part of me that's, me and Ramesh talk about this a lot. Like, you know, he's like my brother, Ramesh, and we chat about it a lot. But there's a part of that that's, that, that's detrimental to your, to your mental health because you're always questioning why you're there. There's also a part of that that's very strong. It's a very good thing to have because all the time that you're questioning, you're pushing you're going i want to get better i want to I, this could all end and, and the only way that i can keep it going hopefully is by looking at how do i make it better how do i move on it's all about growth it's all about when we made murder and successful it was always like right this is incredible it's an amazing thing to have done and we did three series of it and we got third series and it was like this has been an amazing journey but i don't want to be doing this for eight years this three years has been amazing let's move on to the next thing and let's find the next thing. And then that thing. And if, you know, the next thing might not, at the time action team didn't quite ping, it didn't quite work, but let's not get too disheartened. There was bits of it were amazing. That's, and then King Gary and then the curse. And you're trying to constantly change. And, and the reason that happens is because in my mind, it's like, I, I still have a problem in my head of going, I, I need to prove to people 
that I, I should be here and I'm okay to be here and it's all right for me to be a part of this world I'm 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 in I'm, I inhabit now and that's uh and I'll con- I hopefully continue to do that and that's you know you know the sleepless nights and the angst sometimes it was worth it when you you make sound like that, that creates a drive yeah yeah of course man the drive comes from so much stuff yeah. the drive comes from never having enough money to, to buy trainers yeah. as a kid never having nikes you know, the drive comes from now having a daughter you want to give a better life to than the potentially you like you, you know better opportunities to it. The yeah. drive comes from you know from proving people to people that you're not just a guy who like you know murder successful is incredible, but there was an element of murder successful that people just thought I rocked up and I said some funny stuff and there was no script or there was no element of cons- you know it was none of it was constructed. It was it was massively constructed. You know it was massively improvised, but but there was an idea behind it. So to prove myself, I had to then go, well, let me try and do a scripted thing. Let me show that I can make a scripted thing. Yeah. And that continues. And then, like, you know, if you, it takes time to find a perfect formula of that. But you, you, the growth comes from just it, – it's, it's it, you have to find that. I think in any work, walk of life, it's like – that's why I think when – and I think that's if you're not finding it and you're doing something that you're not finding. I'm not saying quit your job and go out, but, but look for something you can find that. And that might be in anything. Yeah. That might be like – you start up golf or you, you start up sewing or whatever you start doing something that you can see an evolution of yourself. And when you're doing that slowly, but surely look, you, you'll start, you, you will grow as a person because you'll see that you're learning something and you can teach yourself something. And that is the, the most incredible thing as any human being is self-growth. And I think that's, that's the thing that I try every day to bring into my work. It's like now going back and doing stand up again, and st- starting that, it's like, I want to go in and if I'm doing it, I want to do it properly. I want to do it to the best of my ability. And I think that's the thing of like, you know, it's like you got, you know, what you guys do. You didn't have one podcast and just go, oh, that's all right. We'll crack on. You've you built like a, you've built a brand. You've built something between you guys. This fucking people are listening to get so much joy from. And you'll keep, keep building. I've seen what you're doing. It's fucking brilliant. But you have to do that. You have to like, you know, you, you sit there, you can make a joke. You're sitting in the bar and you're, but you, you built that, I guarantee, right? Uh, no, it, it was actually a workshop. It was a shed. It was a workshop. No, but you built it. It was, it was a workshop that you made into a bar, right? Yeah, I mean, I am really fucking useless at DIY. I was never going to have a <laughs> workshop, Tom. So I was like... <laughs> no, no, but you saw something that you wanted, right? You yeah, didn't want it to be a workshop. Yeah. You wanted it to be a bar. And, and, so you and, slowly built that. And it's, do you know what? An example, when you were saying earlier about, you know, never being able to afford like Nikes as a kid and stuff like that. It's like about three years ago. I've been a DJ like, all my life, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I never had any fucking money. And about three years ago, my mate was selling his 1210s, right? I yeah. had the shittest decks growing up, right? Yeah, and about three yeah. years ago, I said to my missus, I'm going to buy a set of 1210s. She's like, why? I said, because I can afford them and I've never had them. He sold me them for like 300 quid a pair. And I think they're worth double that now as well. So I've had a right touch. But I was like, I've never been able to afford a pair of 1210s. I'll never really use them, Tom, but I have them. And I'm like, Mate, you know, all of them years DJing though, right? for fuck all. Like, I'm you go back to that teenage you and go, don't worry, son. One day, one day they will be yours. Well, let's go back to the teenage Tom for track four. Um, first song you remember hearing? Sorry, the first song you bought from a record shop? Uh, it was Lucky Town, as far as I remember, by Bruce Springsteen. Like, so this is where we... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Springsteen comes in. Bro, I was schooled in Springsteen. I remember, like, me and my mum just used to get, like, we still do. We, we still talk a lot about him, and we still uh, get excited when he drops an album or a tune or whatever. And um, so, yeah, it was a lucky town, which is a... Uh, Brilliant. It's a really great storyteller. It's one of those albums that's just sort of sings to you as a sort of like the list of songs. And um, I think it was, it was like I, I sort of touched on earlier, like storytelling and, and sort of stuff is such a big thing when you come from like a, any, any background. I think, I think it's a really, I think it's just a massive part of, it's maybe, I think it's a thing I worry about that we're losing a little bit. I think with um, the loss of pubs and the loss of like, sort of social clubs and, and uh, working men's club and like, you know, those sort of Sunday afternoons where you, everyone would sit around with a pint and, and like swap stories. And, you know, I remember sort of the decline of that seeing phones, um, you know, all of a sudden like phones, you know, they would sort of interject and people would be more interested in the world outside from where you were than, than the pub that you were in. And, and like, like some of my happiest memories from, from being, you know, going to, to, the pub or whatever on a Sunday with the family or, or like, you know, a Saturday afternoon and play football with your mates or sort of like sitting, listening to sort of older people chatting and like the, and then like once you could start going to the pub with your mates and being out doing that and sort of, it, it was, everything was just in that, that place in that moment. And we lived for that, that very moment. It wasn't really much to be getting excited about going forward because we just had jobs and, and it was but so you it was an incredible thing, right? Joking, bullshitting. And you know, that's that's sort of something that sort of died away or in a way. And I think that's sort of almost like whenever I listen to sort of Bruce Springsteen and, and like I think even though he's you know, he's he's come from New Jersey and he's right, you know, he's he's a million miles away from sort of Sutton and Coyd and he's still speaking about a world that I sort of knew myself I was in and, and and I don't know that that I think that sort of storytelling I I, I sometimes worry that that's that's going and in and, and sort of where how, how do you stop that movement how do you stop it? it's like a shuttle that's going to space and you almost want to go actually it you might be better on earth right <laughs> yeah, come yeah, back yeah, yeah. come back down I do because, think uh, there's 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 artists that are, are definitely I mean I I was really late to the party um and I just I just thought he was like a, a bit of an Ed Sheeran, like a, a sort of acoustic singer songwriter. But I only recently discovered Sam Fender. And, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. And I put yeah. the, the, the recent album on, and the first thing I thought was, it's Springsteen. It's yeah. pure Springsteen. That, but like, Sheeran, early Sheeran, and some of Sheeran mm. is like, you can hear in his, you know, in Ed's stuff that he's got that. I think like you go through all those guys. I think like, uh, he was the guy, first guy really, that, you know, but that sort of, from what I, yeah, I can think of anyway, who that sort of one man guitar kind of vibe who sort of was telling stories from the working man's point of view. Sam Fender's incredible. Yeah. Have you seen the boss? Yeah, man. I've so one of my happy yeah, well talk about happy man, but I used to sell t shirts at Glastonbury and all the festivals before uh I did this and I was sort of uh me and a pal, we got into this uh yeah, we 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 sort of had seen an open so weirdly like um we started off actually weirdly and it was a I was going to put up a thing on social media, but uh, when Meatloaf passed, we we started doing 
t-shirts outside um Wembley and Alex got like knocky t-shirts of like meatloaf or whatever and um and then we moved on to doing like uh, Glastonbury, Tina Park. And we, we so we toured the country just selling T-shirts, which was a fucking amazing thing to do because you just, yeah, you had a fucking some wild parties and met some incredible, just great characters and a great world to to live in for a short time. Um, but we, yeah, we saw Springsteen there and he was just fucking, yeah. What, like, what the Glastonbury just, show. Yeah, yeah. He's just incredible. He, he was just, I sort of knew, every, I know pretty much every song and every like, you know, I just love, I love sort of like, you know, some of the sort of stuff that, I mean, it's easy just to, to sort of think born, born to run or, you know, born in the USA, but um, it's sort of like some of the stuff, like, yeah, you know, in the most wanky way possible, it, if someone, like, yeah, who speaks to me, you know, when you listen to it, yeah. it's like, I don't know, because there's a roughness to him that has never, ever left. And there's just sort of, and, and it feels, you know what, in a world where this never really feels like he's compromised who he is and where he comes 100%. from. He, he feels like he's still got that rugged feeling of something, and he's never, he's not going to leave behind yeah. the, the other world that he came from. And I think that's an important thing for, for all of us to sort of try to do anyway. Definitely, definitely. Let's take you clubbing, Tom. Song that soundtracked your years <laughs> in Clubland, please, mate. Mate, so Clubland, such a strange one, I find. Because you, you probably got, you got, how old are you? I'm 48. Yeah, I thought you said so similar, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's sort of, I grew up going to club. I wasn't like a club club guy. I was like a blue orchid or like a vaults kind of guy who went and there was a nineties room uh, and I'd sort of lurk around that. And uh, um, yeah, I sort of never got in. I'd I'd go, but I'd sort of find I was a boozer rather than a dancer. Do you know what I mean? I mean, like I love to drink, but uh, I've gone for like jump around house of pain because it, (laughs) again, like we're talking about Dexie's ring night runners. It felt like the only song that me and my pals would dance to. Like yeah. when it was sort of like coming up late on a night, and uh, it felt like yeah, that even now I sort of if it pops up, it's, it's one I just think it yeah, gets you going. It's a strange one because we were talking about this on the the podcast me and Rom the other week, and it's like some of like my, when we talk about happy memories, like of like being young, they're all to do with uh, pubs really, and and like that sort of you know boozing and Sunday league football and, and and but whenever I think of like clubbing it's always I always think of like the sheer anxiety of am I going to get in yep uh, you know do I look good enough mate yep. it was fucking expensive back then to fucking follow like yeah. garage or like you know just just for the clothes the clobber mm. that you'd have to wear and you know and, and I was never that into it that I'd go out and spend that kind of money on stuff that you know I, I wasn't quite that much into you know I, I I've all, yeah, I would be a sheep as much as I could, but when it, like a real pound now, I just started to stack up. I was like, I don't know, you know how much I'm committed to this. Um, I'm, I'm already all in on West Ham, and that's a fucking heartbreaking <laughs> thing to fucking dedicate your life to. Um, I've so heard a lot about your clubbing, though, Tom. I, and I, I listen, obviously, to the podcast. So much of your clubbing seemed to revolve around you being the guy in the kebab shop afterwards, like yeah, overly acquainted with the fellas to, at yeah. work there. So, uh, no, no, but that's, that's what I was going to get to. Even like when you go to back in the day and you go to sort of like fabric or whatever, you go, like, invariably, it was just like, I, I sort of somehow end up on my own, which is sort of saying quite a lot about me because it's human being. Like, uh, you'd have the mates of yours who are just really into the fucking music, right, who'd be out on the dance floor and they'd be loving it. And you'd have your mates who were like looking to meet a girl and yeah. you'd sort of be out of that because you sort of weren't really cool enough. So you'd sort of end up just sort of like lurking between the two, trying to dance, 
try not to inflict your mate's chances of pulling and then uh, ended up going, you know, I'm probably just going to get off and get the night bus back and get a kebab. Fucking <laughs> just standing at fucking three in the morning with a bunch of other sad acts. <laughs> Right. That's how fantasy league was born. <laughs> right, Tom. Um, I know you're tight for time, uh, so I'm going to just ask you for the last track, um, and I want you to tell me a favourite song from. I've got uh, yeah. Uh, for, for, uh, so I've got. I, I need to just shout out for because the one about county is great, but I've got to say, what I'm one do you want to go for? Or you can I'll shout go Stormzy. Yeah? I'll go Stormzy. Nice. Blinded by your great Stormzy, man. Put Croydon on them, like. Um, I want to, when we won the BAFTA, I was like, so, so fucking, wow, that's a hell of a thing. And uh, I saw, I come from around the corner from Croydon, but I yeah. said, like, this is all right for my boy from Croydon. And uh, I got rinsed by my mates because at the time, like, you know, Stormzy's the king of Croydon. Like, we're all just pretenders to his throne. Um, but, man, he's, uh, oh, man, what an incredible, inspiring guy. And, and, and that album is just like, like yeah, him just in general. I just I love what he stands for I, I, as a human being and like what he's doing through through the power of music and 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 like for young people and and for for the community in which he comes from. I think it's incredible. I think that I I find that as you know it's a weird thing and it? it's like when you watch a footballer who comes through and you love of watching a footballer. Like, I yeah. find that with Declan Rice, but when I look at Storms, I'm like, wow, I'm gonna take a little bit of that and take that inspiration and and that's how the, the treatment of people and the treatment of our he does that. I think phenomenal. I think that that's, that's something very, very special. And, and when you see that actually, you know, the biggest thing that we can trade in life is hope. And I think he's doing that in, in, in great shakes. And I think, uh, yeah. So, so shout out to him for that. And, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't even a difficult one that man. Um, and then the song that you may not, um, uh, this is a really fucking random one, right? Okay. And we're talking about songs that make you feel really good. Um, there was a song in the Eurovision, so I'm obsessed with the Eurovision song concert. Right, okay. Embarrassingly so. It, it, but it's become like mine and my wife's like happiest, like one of the happiest like nights of the year. Oh, it's a Eurovision. great was, night, Eurovision, mate. Oh, man, I love it. And we have a bet together. We get fucking loads of food in. And we've, it's, it's always just the two of us. It's one of my favourite things. I love it. You know, and it's mad now because we've got the little one and it's like, right, we're introduced her to this world. Um <laughs> And a couple of years ago, Romania had a song called Yodelay, right? Right. And it's like, genuinely like, like, I'm a massive, massive football fan. Right. I think I was probably more fucked off about Yodelay from Romania not winning the Eurovision than I was about England not beating Italy in the uh, final. It was unbelievable how good this song is. And like, I started with a song and and like one of the things I love in music is saying it can make you feel good and put a smile on your face. And that's all this song's trying to do. It's, it's fucking tacky and it's cheesy and it's everything that Eurovision stands for. And I'm like, yeah, it's quite a nice thing to go from Stormzy to um, <laughs> <laughs> this. But uh, whenever me and my wife feel a little bit low and we've had some real hard times over the last few years, um, we put on this song and uh, we have a little sing along and we have a little bit of a laugh and, uh, Oh, it's, it's beautiful, mate. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's a sweet, sweet thing. Tom, we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with all, the, all the songs uh, that oh, you spoke yeah. about today. Mate, yeah. it's been lovely talking oh, to man. you. It's been a joy. Um, Thank you. It's, honestly, what a lovely podcast. And it's um, it's, it's seldom that you, you sit and make notes and go through things and think about the past. And yeah. uh, in, in, and you know what? It's It's been a real nice, joyous thing. I was texting my mum earlier about it. And uh, yeah, it's a really lovely thing. So yeah. 
Oh, thanks loads, Tom. Um, and so the curse starts next sixth. week. Yeah, sixth of this Sunday, sixth of sixth of uh, February. Um, and yeah, it, I think all episodes are straight away out Sunday morning at midnight, one minute past midnight. And uh, yeah, so watch it, binge it, whatever you want to do. Lovely. Um, yeah, we're very proud of it. So enjoy. Wonderful. Thanks loads, Tom. Cheers, mate, mate. Thank you. Bless you, man. Thank you. All the best. Let's have a pint soon. There you go. Oh, what a great chat that was. It was really nice. Um, afterwards, Tom stayed on the on the chat and we had a little had a little bit of boxing chat, a bit of MMA chat. Um, I know he was a big fan, so uh, got to have a little natter about some of that before uh, he shot off. So it was really nice to get some time with him. I know it was, it was a little bit limited because obviously Tom's um, doing the whole promo campaign for the curse at the moment not that it needs selling um it's such a great show if you've not checked it out already go watch it um and if you've not checked out um the wolf and owl podcast like i'm not just saying this because tom's my guest today but it's my favorite podcast it's my when i drive to my club on a friday night i listen to it and i get half of it there and then i get the other half on the way home and i love it um obviously Got to do some drunk casts with Ramesh over the years, which have been really good fun over on Pip's podcast. And so it was really nice to get Tom on today to uh, to have a lovely chat. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, just be nice to each other and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Eat it, boy.